We're just a lot of talk. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for your further listening pleasure, TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. Let's return to All Things Employment with Vicki Causa on TalkZone.com. Well, we're back and we're continuing our conversation with Bob Bellantoni, president of Trading Places Executive Search. And Bob's website is www.tradingplacesny.com. If you'd like to contact Bob off the air or check out his website and get some more information, please feel free to do so. In the meantime, our number here is 888-463-6748. If you have any questions about the search firm that we're talking about or about jobs in general today, please feel free to give us a call. Okay, Bob, let's get back to what we were talking about. I think there's some some stuff here that we need to clear up because people are very concerned about we're talking about job search firms and listing with a search company, and some of the people that I've spoken to, and this is where the fact or fiction comes in, they think it costs money for them to to work with a search firm. And I've told people re- repeatedly that you should not pay somebody to help you find a job unless it's for specific services that you're getting and some guarantees. So tell me, what do people? What do you tell people when they ask, is there a fee involved, and how do you make your money? Well, the answer to your, well, you already answered the question. Basically, you're right. Um, there is absolutely no fee associated with an executive search firm or a recruiter or a staffing agency unless, like you had said, they're going to do a specific uh, product or some type of service that they, they require a fee on. But generally speaking, they should not pay anyone a single cent for that service. It is free. Uh, the, the executive search firms, the staffing agencies, and all recruiters get paid by their client company. And, and um, you know, so if someone gets on the line and says, yeah, we're going to help you, and then we're going to uh, source your resume to five or six different companies, but it's going to cost you money, immediately hang up the phone and go to a reputable firm because they're just going to try to uh, get some money out of you that's really not legally uh, are do them and or are, I just think that it'd be a ripoff. Do you find a lot of folks doing that these days? I mean, given what's on the internet and given all these different scams that are being run out there, do you ever find that you come upon companies or people told you that they've come upon companies who are asking for money up front? I have not ran across that recently. I have heard about it, and I've had one or two people tell me that they had paid for services in the past and that they were obviously, you know got ripped off, but uh, no, I have not heard of it recently, but I would not doubt, I would not doubt for a single second that there's going to be somebody out there that's going to want to capitalize on somebody's agony and, and uh, the job market the way it is, but I will say it loud and clear for everyone that's listening, do not pay a fee to any executive search firm. They get paid by their client company, and they get paid well. And they get paid when the position is filled, correct? Or yeah. sometimes it's on retainer, depending. But normally it's when they fill that position. So it's really, it's prudent for that recruiter to work as hard as they can with you to put you in a position so that, or put a job seeker in a position so that then they get paid. Fair enough? Well, you know, every recruiter has a vested interest in their candidates. Not only should the, the recruiter have a sincere interest in helping that candidate and be honest with them and let them know whether they can or cannot help them. But if they do say that they can help them, uh, remember that, 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 you know, it's a partnership, that they, that recruiter or executive search firm has a uh, vested interest in you. If you get that job, he will get paid for his services. So if he's going to do the best job or she's going to do the best job they possibly can. Um, and if they're honest, it's even better. 
Well, speaking of honesty, and that's a great segue into my next question. You know, would it be possible or is it fair fair to say that a recruiter will be honest with a candidate and say, I'm not sure I can help you or, you know, this is not the type of work that my firm does and, you know, you need to look somewhere else. I mean, is that something that, you know, you would normally hear from a recruiter or is that the honesty factor that not everybody practices? Well, I can't speak for everyone else because I don't use recruiters. <laughs> 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 but I can't tell you we incorporate that policy every time we talk to someone. I will know within the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of that conversation or just looking at your resume, if I have a job for you right now and I could help you immediately or if I'm going to have that job coming in soon, I'll let you know that. If I could get you to an interview, I'll let you know that. So I think that the honesty uh, portion of that relationship is a very big, important fact and that, uh, yeah, the recruiter should be able to tell you whether he can or cannot help you. Um, and, um, you know, I think uh, that they should know that. If they're a good recruiter, they'll know in the beginning. And, and speaking of good recruiters, you know, what, should people expect to hear either way? Because I've got folks who've been working with a recruiter, and, of course, you know, it, it, the way the job is described and the way the duties are described, it's a perfect fit and you'd be a great candidate and all the good stuff that you want to hear. I'll call you in a couple of days to set up the interview and then they never hear from the recruiter. I mean, is that, you know, is that normal? Do you think is that common practice or is it just because that recruiter is trying so hard to get so many people in their pipeline that they just don't pay attention to the detail? Well, I've heard of those horror stories and you know, the funny part about it is these people really depend on what that recruiter says He's a, yeah. sun, a ray of hope, a, sun, a, a beaming light of sunshine, um, and I think it's terrible if they do bring you along and tell you something that you know is just going to fall apart later on, or mm. you to hear from them. Um, I would imagine there's some people that may incorporate that or employ that technique uh, and keep those people in their pipeline. But you know what? At the end of the day, when you don't hear from that recruiter, I'm, I'm sure you're not going to call them back. You know. Um, I just think it's professional prowess to, to call them up and let them know what the results of the interviews were. You know, let them know if I can help you. If I can help you, follow up with them, return the phone call. And, and if there's a relationship there, you should follow up with it. But uh, I would think that that does happen. But, if again, you know, you have to talk about reputable recruiters, people that take a, a sincere interest in the candidate, you know, um, and let them know the truth. Yeah. Absolutely. And that goes right along with the concept that you put in place when you founded your firm. I mean, you're, without even being specific, you're telling us that you, you, you try the best to be honest, to be the best, and to be accountable. And that's very refreshing because I'm not sure that every recruiting firm really has those principles. So it's a great thing to hear. So that, that makes me very happy. Again, we're speaking with Bob Bellantoni, president of Trading Places Executive Search. Bob's website is www.tradingplacesny.com. We're coming up almost to the end of the show, Bob, but there's a couple more things that I wanted to make sure we covered for our listeners. And the one thing I want to ask, in your opinion, where are the jobs today? And is there any one industry that is hiring more than others? You mentioned before some of the smaller companies, and that may be a great step for people who have always worked for larger companies that have perhaps shied away. But in your opinion and what you've seen, where are the jobs today? And is again, is there any industry that's, that's hiring more, more quickly than others? Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm isolated to the financial services industry, so I could really paint mm -hmm. a picture about that. I couldn't paint the full picture about everything that's going on out there, unfortunately. Uh, but the financial services industry is still hiring. Yeah, I mean, there, there's jobs out there. There's no question about it. You know, go to the recruiters that are advertising on the, on the job boards and, and talk to them and, and look at the websites there. I would say predominantly right now probably sales is the best bet. 
you know, mm. going to increase revenue. They they need to have consistent revenue streams. These corporations, so you know, they're they're probably out there hiring salespeople to increase their revenue growth. Um, so that would be one uh, aspect that I'm that I'm certain about. Other areas that that are probably not related to me, but you know, if people are, are looking for jobs, the government's hiring, and I'm sure accounting firms and other firms that are not affected by the financial crunch are, are hiring. There's certainly jobs out there, Vicky. There's no question about it. There's not as many as there were before. So it's important that you get to the front of the line and you, and you do your due diligence and you work hard to, you know, every day, two, three hours put into your job search. But there's jobs out there. I don't know exactly where they are. Unfortunately, I'm only isolated to financial services. But, you know, I could say that they're hiring. And that's, as I said before, that's very refreshing because, again, everything you read and hear, all you need to do is get on, you know, the Internet or listen to the news and there's more companies letting people go and how these cities are really sort of folding up because all the industry is gone. But I, I think you're absolutely right. And my feeling is the same, is that, you know, things are improving. There are still companies that will always be hiring. I think added to your 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 um, comments about the financial and services industry, a medical field will never, I don't think, ever not be hiring hiring some portion of their workforce. There's always going to be jobs in the medical field and the health field. And as we have seen the population aging, there'll always be work, I think, working with folks that are older. The baby boomers are all retiring. There's going to be a lot of services needed for them as well. So I think the more we can be positive about the fact that the job market may not be as good as it used to be, and it may not be as good as people would like it to be, I think there are some bright spots. I think there are some things. And coming from someone like you, as I said, who's on the front lines, who are working with the large companies and seeing candidates, it's really very refreshing. So that's, that's, I think that's something that our listeners really absolutely could take some comfort in. I think another question I would ask you, Bob, too, and this may, you know, may, may just negate what I said about being positive and being open about it. In your opinion, what, you know, what's the length of time people need to put into this search or how long do you think people have to look? And the rule of thumb has normally been for every $10,000 you made, you can expect to spend that many months looking for a job. Is that still valid or do you see a shift in that? Yeah, that's a pretty tough question to answer. There's so many variables involved in that, you know, our salary levels, um, education levels, uh, experience levels and so on and so forth. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've come across, you know, people that have gotten lucky and, and found a job in two weeks. And, we would, you know, it was fortunate for us that, you know, we had a job and, and uh, a guy was laid off two weeks prior. He called us up and, and we got him an interview and he got the job. I've had people wait uh, two months and I've had people wait ten months. So, mm. you know, I, I don't know if I could really answer that honestly. But, you know, uh, the key to that, in my opinion, is that the more time you put into it, the quicker you'll find a job. Um, it may be frustrating, it may be a roller coaster ride, but don't give up, keep trying, replace fear with hope and, and, and despair with enthusiasm, and just go out there and keep looking, and if you need some help, call up somebody that's trustworthy and, and see if they could guide you. I think that's great advice, Bob. And I guess another question I'd like, and this has come up a lot too, but another question I'd like to discuss with you, again, working with the, the more seasoned employees or folks who have been in the job market for a long time, how do they overcome the fact that they're probably overqualified for a lot of the positions that are out there? And how do you, what would you tell them to try to convince an employer that they can do the job even though their resume is much more detailed? Or, or should it be that detailed? Well, uh, you know, the first thought that I have with that is that 
these human resource people, and God bless them all, they're wonderful people, they know what they're doing, they have uh, a lifetime of, of experience, they're going to look at a resume and they're going to know right off the bat whether this person's overqualified or not. So first thing I would come up with is a convincing story why that job is really interesting to you and that, you know, it may appear that you're overqualified, but you could certainly add a lot of value to their company. You could certainly, you know, um, you know settle into that job and begin a new career and go from there, uh, not having to worry about what you've done in the past or how far you want to go or where you think you should be, leaving again the ego behind, you know. You know, approach the uh, recruiter or the human resource people with a convincing story and let them know that you are truly interested in that job and that you can do it and this is not going to be a survival type of job, that you're not going to leave the first opportunity you get. You're going to put your 100% into it and just make it a convincing story, you know, because they're going to look at the resume and they're going to know right off the bat. When I look at them, I see it, and and, and they're telling me, well, you know, I'm going to do this. My first question to them is, well, what's going to happen when, you know, somebody knocks on your door and says, I have, you know, your old job back? You know, mm-hmm. are you going to go? You know, so I think you have to be sincere about what you're approaching and, and, and uh, decide whether you want to do that or not and, and make it a convincing story. Um, I don't think you could overcome a human resources person or a recruiter's opinion when they look at your resume because they know you're overqualified from the get-go. And are you finding that a lot too in some of the candidates you're you're placing with some of the firms that you work for? Or is there a reluctance to hire somebody who's overqualified, even though they'll take less pay, and even though they've said, "Yeah, you know what, I'm not going to go back to my old job, or I'm not going to continue my search." Is there always going to be? And I guess this is a question I I probably know the answer to, but I'll ask: Is there always going to be that nagging doubt that, yeah, this guy is great and he can come in and do a bang up job, and we're getting him for really a lot less than he made before? But are they always going to have that in the back of their mind that he may just leave me one day? Well, you know, uh, it depends on who you talk to. And that's why mm-hmm. I say it has to be a sincere, convincing story. You have to put your all into it. Um, yes, uh, I, to answer your question, I think someone's always going to be skeptical about whether they could keep you or not and whether you're going to run for the bigger bucks and the bigger job, you know, when, when things start turning around. And, and, you know, that's the problem with it, that, you know, it's sort of a catch-22. Um, but uh, to answer your question in general, I think there will be some skepticism there. Uh, and uh, people would think, well, maybe we're just going to have this person for a short period of time. But uh, And I've seen people get hired that were overqualified. As a matter of fact, with the example I just used before, when that individual came to me, he was actually making $400,000 a year. And, and uh, you know, the job that um, this particular individual took was, was almost half of that. But, mm. uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, um, he was sincere about it, and, and, and he convinced them that, you know, this is not going to be a survival job. It's not going to be a bridge position. It's not going to be something that's going to take me from here to, you know, six months from now and, and just pay my bills for that period of time. It's going to be something I really want to do. I could do this, and I don't mind doing it. You know, I would enjoy doing it. And, um, you know, so I think to answer your question, it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's what a lot of people feel as far as being reluctant to, to even, you know, a, a p- um be qualified for a job or to put their name in for a job. And I think the fact that people just blanket companies with their resumes is really hurting them more than helping them. You made a good point when you mentioned survival job or bridge job. Now, to me, that means, and I think to others, they would understand just a job to take to get you over the hump until you find the real job that you want. Correct? Is that the term that you would use for that? That's what it is. Yes, absolutely. 
And would you obviously tell people to shy away from that? I mean, I've had that question come to me. You know, I can't pay my bills. Should I just take anything that comes? And, you know, I said, I, I can't answer for your personal situation, but just be aware of the fact that you may be settling for something that may not be what you're absolutely looking for, but that you want to, you know, save your time and use your time in a different way. So, Well, my opinion with that is, is, is pretty simple. You know, um, change could create opportunity. You know, or, yes, it may be a job that you've done before and may be lower than the current job that you had or you previously had. But, you know, it may be a perfect opportunity for you. You know, you could get back into the swing of things. You could feel comfortable and at ease that you've got a, yourself a decent job. And now you're starting a new career. It's a new beginning for you. So, you yeah. know what, uh, go out there and, and uh, you know, don't look at it as a survival job. Look at it as an, uh, an opportunity to begin a new career with a, with a new company, put your best foot forward, and, and, and uh, just catapult yourself to the next level after you've uh, done a superior job. I want to thank you so much, Bob. This is Vicki Causa. We've been speaking to Bob Bellantoni from Trading Places Executive Search. Uh, you can certainly give me a call or email me at any time for more information about what Bob spoke about. You can catch me at info at causaassociates.com or visit our website, allthingsemployment.com. Bob, thank you so much. I would love to have you back again. There's so much more we could talk about. I hope you'd agree to come back and visit with us again soon. I would love to. Thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome. And thank you all, and uh, good luck in your searches.